today on Ag News Daily. So there's a couple ways in which Norm is getting smarter. Uh, you know, first of all, uh, every time, uh, so Norm is built off of OpenAI's uh, GPT, and then in addition, we train Norm on other agriculture-specific data sets. Hey, listeners, October 24th, Tuesday edition of the Ag News Daily Podcast. Another great day for some headlines and a good conversation today, Delaney. Absolutely, Tanner, coming right up. Yeah, we'll start right off with weather, jumping into it this morning. We have still winter storm warnings now issued for a large chunk of Montana, parts of North Dakota, snow accumulations of up to 11 inches to Lanny. Montana starts that warning tonight, lasting through tomorrow evening. They could see wind gusts of up to 35 miles per hour, which could reduce visibility. North Dakota faces a 70 to 90% chance of at least six inches of snow. So it'll be interesting to see what that crop progress report looks like for North Dakota. That winter storm watch there will be in effect through late Thursday. They could break in the snow a little bit Wednesday night, but the heavier impacts for North Dakota are mostly on Thursday. And we also saw uh, something that hadn't happened before, at least from my recollection, that seven people were killed and more than 150 vehicles crashed along Louisiana's I-55 amid, amid a super fog incident. I don't know if you saw that, Delaney, on the news. They were crossing a bridge and the fog had rolled in there, which caused visibility to significantly decrease. No, I had not seen that one, Tanner. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, so there's your weather and a little bit of a headline here to start off. Well, I've got a little bit of weather headlines here myself as we look at other weather events going on in the world. Hurricane Norma has been downgraded officially to a tropical storm in Mexico as Hurricane Tammy is now leaving Barbuda. Norma uh, strengthened slightly after dumping heavy rains into mainland Mexico over the weekend. And Hurricane Tammy left the Caribbeans to head more towards uh, Mexico here. So they might be getting twice, hit twice with substantial amount of rainfall. But it doesn't appear that too much of the United States will get impacted by either of these two hurricanes, although the U.S. National Hurricane Center in Miami said on Sunday evening that Hurricane Norma was about 120 miles west of Caliacan. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and about 65 miles, 65 miles south southwest of Los Mochis, and uh, the. The storm could bring strength as it moves northeastward across the Gulf and could impact some parts of California with some sustained winds and potentially some rainfall. So should be some lesser damage than folks were originally expecting, Tanner. But as you know, you mentioned there, some folks are going to get some snowfall maybe here over the next couple of days into a week. So I am not envious of that. But the National Weather Service did put out their winter outlook for the year. And with the El Nino warmer than normal temperatures that we've been having and are expected to continue to have, especially for the northern tiers of states, December, January, and February should see average to slightly below average snowfall for much of the Dakotas and Minnesota. So although they're getting some early season snowfall potentially, 
not going to see a lot of that as we look at the season as a whole. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing. Every winter seems to be different. Update on article reported on yesterday, the Iowa Department of Agriculture confirmed two more cases of bird flu on Monday. After the outbreak that was reported in Buena Vista County we talked about yesterday, the Iowa Department of Ag said 47,500 turkeys in Pocahontas County and about 50 birds in a backyard flock in Guthrie County had been destroyed or will be destroyed. This comes as as many as 50,000 turkeys were destroyed in BV. Governor Kim Reynolds is signing a disaster proclamation for both Buena Vista and Pocahontas counties to open those counties up to state resources to prevent more spreads. Last year, we had 16 million birds in Iowa that had to be euthanized due to the bird flu outbreak. So we'll see again what that tally ends up being this year. Well, Tanner, how would you like to eat bugs instead of chicken? I'll pass. So will I, but nonetheless, Tyson Foods has invested in a joint venture with a bug company called Protix. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the name of that correctly, but nonetheless, this is an insect ingredient protein company. And this investment, Tyson said, is, you know, they're focused on the next round of potential protein options for folks who maybe can't afford some of the other products we see or just simply have a taste preference for something a little crunchier than chicken. But the Protix facility specifically uh, is an ingredient facility that will upcycle food manufacturing byproducts into high quality insect proteins and lipids. These byproducts will go into pet food, aquaculture, livestock production, and potentially a few byproducts uh, that humans will also eat consumption wise as well. But Tyson's meat production byproducts will feed the insects also Tanner. So they're really kind of trying to track back to the food source itself. And you might be indirectly eating some of these bugs, whether you meant to or not. I did get the opportunity one time to tour a factory that made insect food and it was quite fascinating because of the small quantities of everything that was out there i'll tell you what though delaney isn't small is the progress of harvest usda says soybeans 76 percent completed topping uh 18 soybean growing states have all of their beans harvested this is ahead of the five-year average of 67%. Corn, as of October 22nd, had 59% of the corn being harvested, up from 45% the prior week. And that is above the five-year average of 54%. So even though we saw a little bit of moisture last week, it didn't seem to slow up growers. USDA says winter wheat is 77% planted. That is up from 68 the week before and less than the 78% of the five-year average. 53% of that crop has emerged up from 39%. So that was a big jump forward there, Delaney, on those sides of the headlines. We also saw that Oregon, in a little fun headline, is working with the state of Colorado. Colorado voters in 2020 decided to reintroduce gray wolves to their environment. 
and Oregon is seeking to help with that effort. The Fish and Wildlife Department of Oregon has agreed to capture and send 10 wolves to Colorado next March. The state board made that approval. Many are clearing the way for biologists to reintroduce the gray wolves on the western slopes of Colorado. And uh, Oregon looks to provide that assistance. So nice to see states working together. Thought that was interesting. Didn't realize that was a method of reintroduction, Delaney. That is an interesting method. Well, I was going to say our transitions were on point today, but I don't have one off of the Great Wolf story, so I it failed should become us. A new should become a new challenge of mine to find something you can't transition in and out of. Well, that might be it. Uh, so I'm going to keep moving here. Got an update to pipeline stories. As we reported on yesterday, Navigator CO2 is officially no more, but... Now we've seen Summit Carbon Solutions says their pipeline system won't be operational until 2026, Tanner. Now this story is not directly tied to Navigator CO2 and Summit has not mentioned Navigator or, or that being any sort of the reason that it was delayed. But of course, that's where speculation falls. But Summit Carbon Solutions has pushed back the estimated operational date of their 2,000-mile carbon pipeline system. Their original timeline was to hopefully get something up and running in 2024, but they said due to transportation, logistics, permitting, etc., they're now looking more into the 2026 timeframe here for this pipeline to be finalized. They've also decided to potentially change some of the pathways, especially through the state of North Dakota. And in North Dakota, the Public Service Commission has agreed to reconsider Summit's permit request with an adjusted route. So it's unclear how long that reconsideration process might take because state law doesn't set a deadline for its completion. But the commission recently requested specific information about how the route changes so it can determine how to proceed. A hearing is also likely going to be eminent here to discuss whether to overrule two country county ordinances that restrict pipeline placements. And that's expected to be scheduled for no earlier than December. In South Dakota, they also plan to adjust their route and reapply for a permit. So uh, as we wrap up the final round of hearing here hearings here in the state of Iowa, uh, we'll hopefully see something in November that determines a path forward. But if they don't receive a permit from the Iowa Utilities Board, they may decide to apply again or change the route as they have been doing here in some of these other states, Tanner. Yeah, another interesting update. We knew there was going to be more coming out soon. All I've got left for my headlines is a couple of war updates. The largest number of Russian single-day casualties happened yesterday. Ukraine is waging a major new offensive. Russia is trying to defend eastern portions of Ukraine during this attack. It appears to be Russia appears to be suffering severe losses on this eastern front of Ukraine. Amid some of the bloodiest fighting in a long time is happening currently. Russia has thrown thousands of troops and hundreds of tanks and armored vehicles into this offensive, focusing mainly on the strategic city of Advitvika. This is further near the uh, eastern side of Ukraine. Forces for roughly two weeks have been trying to encircle that city. 
which is one of the most heavily fortified of Ukraine's front lines. Ukrainian officials say that Russia has lost over 6,000 soldiers in a week, as well as 400 armored vehicles and tanks. And as we look at what is still happening uh, involving Gaza, one of two Israeli hostages that have been released described the kidnapping as being taken into a tunnel and went through hell. An 85-year-old was reporting yesterday. The humanitarian crisis is deepening for the 2.2 million people trapped inside of Gaza. Doctors are saying that this could become a mass grave if fuel runs out, especially for heat and electricity, while top Israeli officials are saying no fuel will be delivered as it could be stolen by the Hamas. At least 2,000 children are amongst the more than 5,000 people that have been killed in the Israeli bombardment. Israel's defense minister says that they are preparing to continue their push forward. So that's what I've got a little bit there on some foreign headlines to wrap up my news for today. Well, Tanner, I don't think I have any other news here aside from just a little, little throwback. Are you ready for this, Tanner? Let's do it. Okay, well, next week, students will be getting ready to head to the 96th National FFA Convention and Expo. Uh, there will be more than 65,000 FFA members from the United States, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Tanner, that's going to be a big event. They are held in Indianapolis. Did you ever attend National FFA Convention? I never did. Well, I guess not much of a throwback for you, but I was thinking about my <laughs> National FFA convention when I read that. So that'll be a fun event for folks attending. Absolutely. Where are we looking at for markets opening this morning? Well, we're certainly looking a little mixed here as we head into Tuesday's opening session. December corn down three and three quarters cents at 486 and a half. New crop soybeans are pushing a little higher on the board here this morning, up two and a quarter cent at 1289. December Chicago wheat down five pennies at 582. Hard red winter wheat down eight and a quarter cent at 662 and a half. And December spring wheat down four and a quarter cent at 733 and a half. Livestock, of course, Tanner yesterday had a pretty ugly sell off, closing limit down in both cattle complex markets. December live cattle contract will open this morning at a buck 78.35. November feeder cattle will open at 235.80 after a limit down move yesterday. And December lean hawks were the only market to post some gains, up 17.5 cents, opening this morning at 66.17.5. Now, Tanner, I know we've had this Tech Tuesday conversation before with Farmers Business Network, but we're chatting today about some updates that we've seen happening to Norm, their AI tool, since we last spoke to them earlier this spring. So let's turn it over to that conversation. Well, folks, this is going to be a little bit of a throwback here as we're joined today by Kit Barron, the head of data science for Farmers Business Network. We're chatting on some updates to the artificial intelligence tool they launched a few months ago called Norm. Kit, super excited to have you join us again here on the podcast and get a refresher on where Norm is at today. Likewise, Delaney, thanks for having us. I'll consider this a throwback to the future. I love that. It is because we're talking about some really advanced technology today. So Kit, before we dig into this conversation here, let's just give our listeners a quick refresh on what is Norm and why was it developed? 
So Norm is SBN's AI agronomist. And we developed Norm back in April to help farmers answer uh, any number of questions, uh, from questions about their tractor or which seed to plant to uh, which crop protection to use on their field to control different weeds, uh, to figuring out what the best time to plant is based on the local weather. So we really see Norm as a, uh, a best friend and advisor to, uh, to, to our farmer members that can really help uh, be a first line of defense against questions uh, on all the different topics that farmers need to master uh, to be successful these days. I love that norm is happening at this time too. I was just at a conference a few weeks ago focused specifically around AI adoption in the agricultural space. And I think we're starting to see more and more farmers adopt and be interested in this technology. So as you look today at where norm is at, as you mentioned, you launched back in April and here we are in October. How has the adoption of this product been going for farmers? Well, it's a really great question, and, and we were, uh, you know, treated Norm like an experiment. So we we weren't really sure how farmers would uh, receive uh, the tool. And at first, it, it really was something of a novelty. So we had uh, a lot of people asking for, you know, jokes about farming or poems. We even had one uh, farmer ask Norm to help him write his wedding vows. Uh, but as the as the uh, usage progressed, we started seeing less and less of the novelty use cases and more and more of, of serious uh, agricultural questions. Um, so we were seeing a lot of questions back in the spring about planting timing and relative maturity selection for seeds. Uh, but as that progressed, we started seeing questions about identifying pests uh, or uh, helping diagnose uh, issues with corn or, or so soybeans. And so we actually started to see uh, the types of questions that farmers were asking evolve uh, along with the season. And, and now we're seeing a lot of questions about grain marketing and, uh, and, and post-harvest uh, practices. I love that. And I think, you know, the cool thing about artificial intelligence, which our lis listeners may or may not realize is Norm is getting smarter as, as time goes on. But talk to us a little bit about how Norm is getting smarter. So there's a couple ways in which Norm is getting smarter. Uh, you know, first of all, uh, every time, uh, so Norm is built off of OpenAI's uh, GPT. And then in addition, we train Norm on other agriculture specific data sets. Um, so one way that Norm's getting smart is the GPT model is getting better and better over time. Uh, the other way is we are adding new, uh, new types of data and new capabilities to Norm uh, uh, as we, develop him specifically for agriculture. So one of the new capabilities that we've added is we've, we've given Norm a lot of information about uh, product labels on the farm. And so today, uh, Norm can recommend the right adjuvant for a particular crop protection product. And that's a pretty complicated uh, uh, question to answer. Uh, Norm can also handle chemical use rates, uh, which of course are uh, subject to a variety of regulations and depend on where you are and what crops you're planting and what uh, pests you're trying to address. So these are fairly complicated uh, uh, questions. That, and so we've been really working to train Norm on all the relevant data to be able to answer those types of questions. That's awesome. I love that. So what, what are maybe some specific examples of a question 
that someone could type into Norm? And do you have any recommendations on best practices when using Norm? Sure. Well, just let's to start off with a, uh, some best practices. The more specific you can be, the better. And Norm doesn't know anything about the user except the location. And, and that's such an important part of a, an agricult, agronomic recommendation. Uh, but, uh, you know, best practices for a prompt would be uh, provide as much detail and context as possible. So a good example might be, you know, hey, Norm, I'm getting, I farm uh, soybeans in Crawford County, Iowa, and I'm getting ready uh, for a post-harvest burn down. Uh, what are some products that, that I might use? And then Norm would probably spit out a couple of, of options uh, and then say, okay, Norm, uh, let's say I want to use uh, you know, glyphosate for this particular application. What adjuvant should I use uh, for a, a, a post-harvest burn down? And, and again, highly specific question, what you're trying to do, where you're trying to do it, uh, what problem you're trying to solve, and when in the season you want to do it. And all of that information is important uh, for a norm to be able to provide the best answer possible. The other exciting update that I think a lot of our farmers will enjoy to hear is that now you can ask Norm questions through texting updates, which I just love. That's right. We're experimenting with a new capability. We recognize that uh, it's not always convenient to, to uh, open the app, uh, even though we make Norm uh, quite available on the app. Um, but not everybody has a, a cell uh, internet service in all parts of the field. Or maybe you're, you're driving and you're doing voice to text. And so we feel like these are some great use cases. A lot of farmers do business in text anyway. Uh, so we built out a text message-based uh, Norm uh, interface. So uh, you can save Norm's phone number in your phone and say, you know, hey Siri, please text Norm uh, this question. And then, uh, and then Norm will respond within about five, five to 10 seconds. Uh, so no need for internet connection. Uh, as long as you have uh, the ability to text, you can ask Norm uh, any question you, you might like about agriculture. I'm excited to use that tool because there's oftentimes just random things that I'm that I'm hear about and I'm like, what does that mean or how do I use this? So what is that number for our listeners to use to text Norm? Well, we've only ruled it out to a select a group of beta testers, but if folks are interested, we can we uh, are always looking for more people test it out. And I suspect we'll roll out the text message uh, capability uh, you know, over the next uh, next month or so to a broader audience. Awesome. Well, that's exciting. I'll definitely be watching for that. Kid, as you look for other future developments here or other changes that have happened with Norm since we last spoke this spring, what are some other exciting updates we might want to share with our listeners today? Oh, well, there's so much going on uh, on this front. And, and I'm, I was really excited to see uh, that OpenAI released a chat GPT a visual tool. And so this basically gives ChatGPT the ability to uh, take in images and respond in images. That's really exciting and really relevant for agriculture. So we're working on uh, with that, that new capability and, and we see a, a path forward to uh, allowing farmers to submit pictures of, uh, you know, maybe a caterpillar or a larva or some insect eggs that they found on a leaf and have Norm uh, help diagnose it. Uh, or perhaps you know, trying to distinguish between northern leaf blight and, and, and uh, you know, gray leaf spot or frog eye leaf spot. Uh, these are all the types of things that uh, a model like this would be really good at answering. So we, we love the idea or, hey, hey, Norm, what's the name of this picture, this particular part, you know, on my uh, John Deere 
uh, you know, 50, 54. Uh, so, and, and give me the part number, please. So you can imagine all of these visual responses, take a picture, what is this, how do I treat it, and have Norm provide a, uh, an accurate and, and uh, prompt answer. That's really exciting. You know, I was working on our tractor over the weekend and I could not figure out the part number for uh, this, this part of the top link. And I wish I had a tool like this. It would have made my life a lot easier. Absolutely, I agree. Well, Kit, uh, before I let you go, for those of our listeners who want to try out the virtual norm tool, how can they find that? Well, it's really easy. All you have to do is go to fbn.com slash norm. Uh, you'll be asked to, to uh, set up an account with FBN uh, and then norm's free to use. So uh, we really encourage your listeners to try norm out uh, and provide feedback. What do you like? What do you don't? What don't you like? What other ideas do you have for, for a functionality like this? Um, and then if you're interested, please reach out to the team and uh, we can uh, we can certainly uh, uh, add folks to the to the text message beta if they're interested. Awesome. Well, Kit, thanks for joining today to share some updates here on Norm. Well, thanks so much for having me, Delaney. And look forward to doing this again as, as Norm continues to advance. What a perfect fit for Tech Tuesday. Thanks for doing that interview. Appreciate FBN sharing that information with us. Listeners, we'll be back the rest of the week. Don't go too far. Make sure you reach out to us on social media. We always love to hear from you, right, Delaney? Absolutely. Anytime you want to pick on Tanner or I, you can find us on social media. <laughs> that is correct. But for today, what do you say? Should we let him go? Let's let him go.